You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all this week. We got a bunch of entertainment topics. I know entertainment been kind of dry recently, but we got some interesting topics for y'all with that. Of course, we got the NFL Week 4 recap plus a Week 5 preview that we do with our picks. We got two Wild Wednesday. We got a packed show today. Yes, sir. And before we dive into anything, definitely want to say congratulations to Aaron Judge for breaking the MLB AL record for most home runs in the season. I think he just broke it today, tonight, getting his 60-second home run. But definitely congratulations to him. But one thing I wanted to say before we dive into anything, that that whole thing of them cutting off football games on Saturday to cut to the baseball, (laughs) that was the most ridiculous shit I've been a part of, bro. Why the hell are you turning off football when I really came here to see for me to watch some baseball? I don't give a damn how many home runs that nigga hit. I and they're walking him on damn purpose. For this shit. Bro, they were walking him on purpose, which was pissing me off. Now, it'd be different if it was like, hey, like they're really trying to like strike him out while he's trying to break the record, but they're letting the man walk. They're purposely not. No, it was, even no, it was one game where he was getting struck out, but I'm like, why the fuck am I? Why, why are you turning exactly. from the football game? So watch this nigga get struck out. Man, let me know when that nigga hit the home run. I don't give a damn about him getting struck out. I'm watching two SEC top 10 SEC teams play, and y'all cutting away from the game for Aaron Judge? I was like, no, bro. First off, first off, baseball is the third most, most popular sport in America. So for y'all to be cutting in between the first popular sport when we're in the prime of the season, yeah, it's college bro. football. It's two SEC teams. They're both ranking in the top 10. And y'all thought MLB was the best thing to cut that off with? That like, if ridiculous. it was a national emergency or yeah. if it was, like, some type of emergency alert system, oh, okay, I understand that. Or breaking news of something going on in the country, okay. But MLB? No. Y'all marketing is already <laughs> piss poor. Them niggas already got 200 games, but they gonna cut our football game. We only got 13 of those. Trying to force feed that on us? Trying to oh, force no. feed us. We could watch them. We could turn the Yes Network if we wanted to watch that punk-ass Yankees game. We don't have to get interrupted in the football game. The real serious sport. Come on, exactly. man. That's, that shit was ridiculous, bro. I just wanted to get that off my chest before I dove into the and, NFL and all that and shit. And I, I made a I made a good-ass point when I was talking to Denisha the other day. It was on Saturday. Uh, it was either Saturday during the day or at night. But part of the reason why I think, personally, why baseball's marketing is just so trash, they keep sticking with this old ass slogan of America's favorite pastime. When you think of pastime, you think of something you're doing in the meantime before you do something you really want to do. Facts. So the the fact that they keep sticking with this slogan, it's America's favorite pastime. Oh, this is my favorite thing to do before I do what I really want to do. Like that's a terrible way to brand your entire sport. So already having piss poor marketing, you trying to force feed us something that 90% of us don't care about, especially when we're watching football, what we really care about, like Quincy said. <laughs> especially it, it down no sense, south. And I think it was really important down south because northerners, yes. I know north uh, people up north really don't care about college football because it's so SEC biased. I don't know how yes. they feel on the West Coast. But in the south, that shit really felt like a national crisis. Like, bro, what the fuck is going on? Bro? <laughs> like, you really <laughs> from football 
water gun to see this nigga get struck out. Like, come on, bro. And they was trying to do the whole split screen. And it was at yeah, the split screen. I was like, no, this is baseball. This is worse. Like, <laughs> that shit was ridiculous, dog. I said, no, they can't do this shit no more. I'm glad he got his 60 seconds, so we don't gotta do that no more. Hopefully, they they just let that nigga play his game to the playoffs because that was ridiculous, bro. Because I think the I think the main issue was. It's not even the fact that they were trying to cover Aaron Judge. This is nothing against Aaron Judge. But we didn't need to see him tie it. Like, if they would have did it tonight, let's say it was a football game tonight. Like, let's say the Yankees played last night during Monday Night Football, and he was about to break the record. Okay, cool. Y'all did the split screen while history is happening? Cool. But stopping college football or split screen in college football just to watch us, like, watch him tie it? Like, we don't care about him tying it. Let us know when he breaks the actual damn record. Like, yeah. that, we had to get that off, y'all. That, we, we, don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't have our soapbox now. Because that was literally all, that was the biggest thing that was going through my head. It was so many good games on this weekend in college football, but the one thing I take away from Saturday is Aaron fucking Judge on my TV screen <laughs> completely too much. But uh, if this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast, we do have five segments. We have our sports uh, two wild Wednesday social media wants to know entertainment and current events and past the ox. So definitely stick with us throughout this whole entire episode. And y'all already know we starting off with NFL week four recap. And we got to start off with the battle of the MVP candidates with Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen. It was really uh Baltimore's game in the first half. They got up big. I think the score that they got up 20 to three at one point in the first mm-hmm. half. And then Buffalo really started to come back. Uh, Josh Allen made some key throws, and the Bills' defense really started to step up and held Lamar them in check. I don't even think they scored in the second half. But the biggest thing that a lot of people took away from this game was the last possession from the Baltimore Ravens. When they could have kicked the field goal to go up by three, they end up going for it on fourth and goal. Lamar ends up throwing a pick, and that was the biggest thing that was in the news cycle on Monday. So, Edgar, how do you feel about that play and the overall matchup between these two? Uh, I love the game. I love the first half by the Ravens, but we know this is a continuous thing now. They do not know how to close games, at least when it comes to big-time opponents. This is the second game in a row now. They've done it against Miami, and then they get it. They did it against their division rival of the Dolphins, uh, the Buffalo Bills now. So two big heavyweight AFC teams that you could see later down the line you're, you're folding to, but Going to the point that you were trying to make last week and the week before of Lamar being the best player in the league, this is kind of why I was hesitant on it. Is he top five? Sure. He's one of the, he is the most talented person in the league, but is he the best player or even the best quarterback? This is why I was hesitant on it. It's not even exception he threw when they were trying to get the lead. It was some of the key passes that he just was not making during one of those final stretches of the game when they were trying to get downfield to either get a field goal or a touchdown to lead the game. And I'm like, see, this is where the greatness is separated. This is where Patrick Mahomes, (laughs) Josh Allen, Brady, Aaron Rodgers, this is why they're on that tier one, A, tier one, B level. And then Lamar Jackson is right under at tier two. And you've seen it come to fruition when it was Josh Allen's turn. Came from behind 20 to three. So this is a situation where it's not all on Lamar because the defense obviously gave up enough points for Josh Allen to come back like this. But there were some things that I noticed Lamar Jackson messing up with that if you're going to be deemed the best player in the league, you can't do that late in the game, especially. But this is the same thing that we've been saying for years now where 
I don't want to give Lamar this excuse, but we have to come back to the same point of where are the receivers getting the separation? Yes, it was some throws that he could have made better, but it was nobody getting open. This defense for Buffalo is no joke. Yeah, you got 20 points in the first half, but once them boys locked in, he couldn't go anywhere. Receivers couldn't get open. And the key thing we were saying about the Ravens is who is he going to throw to? Yeah, you got Mark Andrews, but after that, where else are you going? Where are you going to? All of the rookies that we were supposed to be looking at, Rashad Bateman, we expected him to make a big jump. He was nowhere to be found. I actually see him have a couple of key drops. So the people that you were expecting to jump from were nowhere to be found. And we just have the same issue with the Ravens year after year of talent. It's not enough talent. Yes, you can look at Lamar and say, you didn't do enough. But I look at the pieces on his team and say, bro, nobody is stepping up to help this man. Nobody is getting open for him to throw the ball. So it's the same cycle with the Ravens. And that's why I don't, like, yes, Lamar, I think, is the best player in this league. I still believe that to this day. I think he still is the most valuable player to his team. But the talent around him, like when we talk about the Josh Allens, when we talk about the Patrick Mahomes, the talent difference on their team is where is what separates them. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey for the past two years. And now he got Juju and uh, Marquez Valdez. Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and a solid tight end. Like those are that's the difference. Like we don't even got a number one wide receiver in Baltimore. Like like what? That's the difference that I'm seeing in these the, the teams that you've named and the team that Lamar Jackson is on right now. So like I said, it's just the same thing that we've been saying for so many years. That's why I don't see them as a a huge AFC contender because it's the same thing. The team start to lock in on Mark Andrews. Who else are you gonna throw to? And that will happen once again, bro. So. I don't know. It's tough. With the I hope they I hope they make a turnaround because, like I said, these are two teams that you could possibly see again later down the line. And the later it gets into the season, the more we need to see you close, especially at home. Like the fact that this was a home game for Baltimore, they had the crowd on their side the whole first half and then they just flatlined after the um after halftime. Like you, you can't do that, especially at home when you're looking to have home field advantage by hopefully winning your division by the end of the season. So. But the good thing about their division, everybody is still two, I think, them, the Bengals, and who else? Is in there? The Browns are all two and yes. two right now. So they're still tied mm-hmm. for first. So they still are in good position. But having two losses the way you lost them with the Dolphins L and with the Bills L, it's like, that's not two good L's on your schedule. Y'all could possibly be It's giving the Browns and the Bengals hope, honestly. Yeah, like, like yo, it's, the, the, the record shouldn't even be the same, honestly. So in the way y'all they losing the games ain't good. Yeah, the way the Browns and the Bengals are looking at it, like, hey, if they losing leads against two of the best teams in the AFC, like, we definitely got a shot to still win the division. Like, it's no runaway for Lamar Jackson. And the thing that I keep noticing about Josh Allen because we was all on him those first couple of weeks, and yes, his team is three and one, but the last couple of weeks he ain't been looking the same ultra mighty Josh Allen like he looked in those first two weeks where he was untouchable. He's been getting mm-hmm. touched a lot. Yes, he overcame and defeated the Ravens. But the teams uh, in the last couple of weeks, who did he play last week? He played the Dolphins last uh, week. Yes, the, the Dolphins, Dolphins and the Ravens. I think the Ravens actually had a good defensive game plan. I think the offense just didn't score enough points because holding the Bills to 23 points is pretty damn good for how high power yeah. we've seen them be in the first couple of games. So I think the Ravens defense played well. But Josh Allen, I think they're starting to play a, a zone defense once again. I talked about it last week. They have to have a running game because nobody respects their running game. And we're seeing everybody drop back in zone. We've seen it for two weeks in a row, and it honestly has worked. 
Yes, they got to win against the Ravens, but I'm not going to let that just pass over my head. Like the same problems are not hindering the Bills from being the, the Super Bowl contender that we expect them to be. They still have issues of their own that when they see the Chiefs or when they see uh whoever you want to, whoever you're like in the AFC, they still have their own hurdles to overcome. So I'm not just gang ho, gung ho on the, the, the Bills like I feel like I should feel early in the season. So. That's one key thing to keep looking uh, looking out for. Moving on, we got the uh, Dolphins versus the Bengals, and we got to talk about the Tua situation because that was the biggest thing going into the Sunday games because this game was Thursday night football. We seen Tua have a, a, a head injury last week. He ended up coming back into the game for some reason. He ended up finishing out that Bills game, and then he played this game against the Bengals. He ended up uh, getting uh, slammed on his head once again. He had to get... Uh, carted off to the, the hospital. So it was a whole scary scene. His hands ended up uh, being froze in the air. Real scary situation. So, Edgar, let's talk about the Tua injury situation first. How did you just feel about that overall? Uh, I just felt like it was a failure, a complete failure on the NFL's part, the Miami Dolphins' part, whoever this independent uh, doctor, like whoever this person was. It, everybody failed Tua before that Thursday night game. The fact that, first off, that's not even concussion protocol um, to even let you play within, like, four days. You Now, if it was if their game was on Sunday, I'd have been like, okay, like, it was a whole week since But the it last, was the fact that he know, finished injury. the game, though, that made them, like, kind yeah, of let him go. But they shouldn't even did that. Like, exactly. bro stood up and then wobbled <laughs> and, like, completely fell to his knees. Like, and his old lineman had to pick him up and carry him. Like, and you send this man back out on the field? Like, the, the Dolphins need to understand right now, you have Teddy Bridgewater. Like, he's solid enough to put in for the meantime while um, while Tua is hurt for the rest of that game. Like, and trying to win the game is important, but it should not outweigh the safety and health of your starting quarterback, of your franchise quarterback. So the fact that they let him finish that game was stupid, and I'm glad they actually fired. They fired some medical person within yeah. the Miami Dolphins organization. I, I I'm, I'm glad somebody fired. got fired. I'm glad somebody got fired, though, because that's what really needed to happen. But to the Thursday I, I injury, think the bro, whole staff got to get – I think the whole staff got to get investigated because that's – I don't blame just the, the injury consultant or the independent medical doctor. Everybody seen what happened on that field. Y'all seen yeah, that man bro. was wobbly, bro. Don't just act like it was only the medical doctor who seen him fall down and was woozy once he got up. Everybody yeah. seen that, and y'all let him go back out there. It, it was only like a 30-minute difference between when he was wobbly and when he was back on the field playing. And nobody said, whoa, like, we can't have him back in? Y'all just rolling with, oh, he's okay? After you just seen him wobbly? That nigga didn't even know his mama name, bro. And that nigga went back in the game? That's an issue. That's an issue. That, that, was, that was a failure on the whole Miami Dolphins staff, bro. The host and the teammates as well. And, and I honestly... The the injury that happened on Thursday, bro, that was a real come-to-life moment, I think, for the NFL in total of y'all really need to do some investigating. I'm glad the NFL Players Association is doing the investigating, like you said, on how the hell did y'all clear this man? Because that was frightening, bro, to, like, see that man's hands fence up. Like, you know there was neural damage with that. And I'm like, bro, what the hell? And I was having a conversation with Rome, and Rome was like, Bro, he's going to be back out on the field in like a week or two. I'm like, no, this man does not need to touch the field for three weeks minimum, bro. Yeah. Like, there's no way you get two concussions in less than a week 
and your hands fence up and you freeze and you got you get carted off the field like no bro shannon sharp said it best earlier this week well um yeah i want to say it was on monday bro you have to understand that you got to save players from themselves sometimes two and probably very well did say i feel good i'm okay to go back out there it should have been a Miami Dolphins job, medical staff trainers to be like, no, sit your ass down. We finna take your helmet. You're not playing for the rest of this game. And you might not even play next week. We be out at least a week minimum. So I, I don't know, bro. You got to save players from themselves because there's this stigma that you got to play hurt. You got to play through the pain. You got to do this, blah, blah, blah. But the safety is the utmost importance, bro. Same thing with the conversations we have with how players get or don't get money sometimes with this non-guaranteed and guaranteed money. Like, you never know when your last down is going to be in the NFL. So I, I just hate the fact that they failed to it like this. Um, Hopefully he gets out on the field in enough time to still help them during the season. But that man need to take a, a all of October off damn near. So, And this is a situation that I've really seen like, firsthand with the Luke Keekley situation where he got too yeah. many concussions back-to-back where the coaching staff wasn't saving him from himself because he's a, obviously he plays linebacker. He's somebody who will run through the wall for the Carolina Panthers back in those days. And he was somebody who he'll have a concussion one week and he'll be back in a couple of weeks and he'll get another concussion where it was like, it was a continuous issue during his last couple of years and it forced him to retire. And you don't want to see that once again with Tua where we see a continuous thing with that, especially when he plays quarterback, where you're continuing, continuously getting hit and getting pushed to the ground, where you're getting your helmet knocked over to the ground, whiplash, all that type of possibilities. You don't want this to continually be a thing. So you have to take serious precaution with this, whether it's a month off or how much time, because already having two concussions back to back is dangerous. And even if he comes back in a month and has another one knock on wood, that's another serious situation where you're having three in a span of six to seven weeks. That's like life-threatening, life-altering type of uh, mistake. You know what I'm saying? Type of the decision. So you really got to be real careful with this tour situation. And there's been former players coming out since Friday, like on sports shows, saying the concussion test in the NFL is easy as hell to cheat on. It's easy as hell to pass. It's easy as hell to cheat. Like the NFL really needs to compare do a complete 180, like go back to the drawing board and figure out how to correctly test players on CTE, how to correctly test players on their intelligence before the season starts, during the season, all of that when it comes to these concussion tests. Because I've heard at least three to four former players who are now analysts saying how I lied on my concussion test several times just because I wanted to play that badly. So, mm -hmm. again, we got to take, we have to make sure these teams take steps to save players from themselves because of the stigma that lives in their head of you will not get respected if you don't play through the pain. I know we like the, I, I know when it comes to the NBA, we tell people all the time, like, you shouldn't be sitting out this long if you ain't hurt, blah, blah, blah. But if these players feel like, hey, I'm, I'm really hurt, it may not be hurt to the level y'all think, but I'm going to sit out until I know I'm ready to play. We need to have that same attitude with the NFL for players who don't feel like their injuries are that serious. Yeah. All right. And moving on to the, the other side of the conversation was the Cincinnati Bengals. They got their second win in a, uh, in a row over the Dolphins. Are the Bengals back? And are they back to the Super Bowl contending team like we thought coming into the year? Uh, I don't know. Um, 
I, I can't even slight the Dolphins that much for, for that L. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is solid, but he was just kind of thrown into the game and asked to still just complete the task of beating the Bengals. So I won't hold that L against him, really. Uh, but the Bengals played great, regardless of whether Tua was in there or Bridgewater was in there. I'm not going to say they're bad chance of Super Bowl threat contention right now. They're not in my top three AFC teams to be to be worried about for that. But they're back in the conversation of, okay, they can make the playoffs and they might make some shape. So mm. they're, they're for sure making the playoffs. I think I've seen enough from this team that everything is back on point with the, the offense and the weapons. And I think the offensive line, which is the biggest issue in the first couple of weeks, is starting to jail a little more. And you've seen it in week four. It wasn't as many sacks for Joe Burrow. He had time to get the ball off. And that's what people were expecting coming into the season. And if that continues to hold up, they're going to be fine. The defense is solid. It's going to get the job done. They still have hella talent on the defense side of the ball. It really just came to if the offensive line can protect Joe Burrow and if Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow will have enough time to throw the ball. If that happens, this team will make the playoffs and they can, they're can they going to be a scary out because they still have so much talent on this team. But it's like, is the line going to hold up? So it's still something to see. But definitely promising signs in these last two weeks. Moving on to the next game, we got the Chiefs dominate the Bucks. And I mean, the game wasn't even close. I mean, the score might have looked close at the I'm end, but say, it really wasn't even that, that close. Fool, y'all. Yeah, that, that game wasn't Look. close. I mean, it came out early, 7-0 with that fumble. And it's funny because my cousin had went to the game. He said, as soon as that one nigga fumbled at the opening kickoff, he was like, I knew the game was over. You gave him Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. <laughs> you going to give Patrick Mahomes the ball at the beginning of the first and the beginning of the second half? He said, this shit was a wrap, bro. So <laughs> you, you being a resident Bucks fan, like, what was your what was your overall takeaway from, from this matchup? I, I was I was highly upset. Um, cause I was telling Denisha like I I'm not upset when we lose to good teams because it's like we're we're playing the Chiefs. Like us losing isn't really a shocker. It's just I don't want us to lose and get our ass whooped. I don't want it to be the way that we lose that makes me upset. And we had all of our weapons last night. I honestly that's that's a game where you got to burn the tape and just get ready for the next week. Cause all of our defense was healthy. We had all of our receivers back. Julio Jones, I don't know why he wasn't targeted the way I thought he would have been targeted more throughout the game. Chris Godwin made some good catches. I don't know why Mike Evans didn't get as many catches as I thought he would. Yeah, he's should have threw him every play. But <laughs> he was the only nigga yeah, cooking. I'm I'm not scared of Kansas City's secondary at yeah. the hill also. Mm-hmm. So you got one of the best jump ball receivers in the league in Mike Evans. I'm I'm wondering why he's not getting 10 to 15 targets throughout the game. Or mm-hmm. ten to fifteen catches. They would now they so. started to stay, they started to play different because in the beginning of the game they was playing one on one on Mike and that's when he was really attacking him. But then they started right. to bring a safety over where it wasn't as easy to give Mike the ball, so he had to spread it around. But then that's what I'm saying. Where where are the targets to Julio? Where are more targets to to Chris Godwin? But you know it was the first game back with all of them. Brady's probably like, look, we're mm-hmm. we got to see how this is gonna go. Yes, it's the Chiefs, and this is a terrible game to just see how it's gonna go. But that that's what had to happen. Now the defense, I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know what they drank. Them boys was looking for revenge. No, nah, you know what happened. Them oh, niggas was looking what? for revenge on y'all ass. They they remember they what happened in that Super Bowl. They remember, yeah. Kelsey and Mahomes remember, they were and coming we, for revenge. We remember too, which is why I'm very shocked. Y'all know they wanted our heads. Y'all know they wanted our heads for what nah, happened. Y'all was complacent going in there, bro. Y'all was thinking, oh, we finna well, do the they, same they thing. Shouldn't they, been. They, they shouldn't have been. They shouldn't have. They was dumb as hell for doing it. <laughs> hey, That's I, how I it looked. Because I'm a, uh, I'm a Bucks fan through and through, but I will tell y'all, we was dumb as hell if that was our mindset. 
because look, the one matchup that they really exploited in that Super Bowl is that Devin White was clamping Travis Kelsey that entire Super Bowl. Kelsey yeah. came out on a mission, bro. First drive, he the one who scored a touchdown, and he was killing Devin White the entire game. He was the one who was really motivated because he know what happened in that Super Bowl. He was somebody who yeah. really fell below his standard because Mahomes did his thing in the Super Bowl. He was the only nigga felt like playing in the Super Bowl, but Kelsey wasn't getting open. Hill wasn't getting open. So Kelsey was looking for revenge, especially against Devin White, and he proved himself against that one. And I think he uh, he ended up being fifth in receiving yards for career receiving yards or something like that. He passed Gronk. Yeah. So definitely congratulations mm-hmm. to Kelsey on that. But that was the he, biggest thing I took away. Too much. He don't got too much longer till he passed Shannon and Sharp. I think Sharp the next person. Yeah. So definitely shout mm-hmm. out to Kelsey. But that was my biggest takeaway, bro. Them boys was looking for revenge. The Bucks getting everybody back. I think the Bucks defense still has a top five defense. It, I'm, I'm more worried about the offense than anything. They have the weapons too, but it's like something ain't right with the offense, though. I don't know what it is. And like, like I said, I think it's just this is a game you got to burn the tape, throw it away. Um, I, I know it's the Chiefs, so you always want to go back and see what the hell you, you went wrong. But as far as the way we played, it's one of them burn the tape in your head type of games, get ready for the next week, and let's make sure later down the road, if we plan on facing this team again, we are hitting on all cylinders. It's still early in the season. I predicted us to be around like 13-4 and four this season. So granted, we, we lost a game to the Packers that I did not see us losing, honestly. But um. Yeah, I, I still see us with about four L's. If we get five, it's like, damn, that's kind of crazy. But Hey, but one nigga who stuck out on the Chiefs and whose name kept getting brought up was that number 10. I don't even know his yep. name, number 10. Uh, rookie Pache- running back. Pa- yeah, Pacheco, whatever. That boy mm. laughing to be the running back for a long time because he was getting five to six yards to carry on a good Bucks D-line. He was getting loose. And he could catch the ball too, because honestly, he looked like a wide receiver and just playing running back. So I, I he, feel like he could catch the ball too. He gonna be dangerous for the like, He gonna be that dangerous. playing bro. like he came fresh off the practice squad. Yeah, he gonna be dangerous, bro. Hey, I rock that him. boy was running the ball like his energy, bro. He plays, he plays like he's in college football still. Like the way he completely just runs full speed every single play. Hops back up, gives the ref the ball right back there in the huddle every single time. It's no jogging, it's no talking to players, blah blah blah. No, give me the ball. I'm finna get these yards right back to the huddle. Let's go to the next play. Like I said, this man was playing like Andy Reid told his ass. You don't produce this game, your ass on the road. Like so, he should so be the starter, Haki. I would he be surprised if he should. is the starter because that he he's good. Now, he's good. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll be the starter that quick. I think Clyde Edwards Alaire will still be the starter, but they're definitely going to integrate him a lot more. And like you yeah. said, he has that wide receiver built type of body. And the fact that they saw he can he can catch screen passes really well. He can shift really well when it comes to option plays. Like they might put him in the slot throughout this season too. Now that they see his speed and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. And what another thing I wanted to talk about was Chris Godwin, bro. I think Chris Godwin. It's tripping, bro. I think he rushing himself back too he early, back. and I don't he know why back. he's doing it. Like, bro, you just got paid. You just had a knee injury, and what you coming back for within two weeks after you just had a, a, a little knee injury? Why are you rushing back? And he just didn't seem like he was himself in this game. Not the same burst off the line. He needs to wait. We need him for the playoffs. So y'all need him for the playoffs. So that's what Tom need to honestly be working with, bro. Like, hey, you got to tell that nigga to sit down, Haki. Because one person I think should be getting more playing time 
is Jalen Darden number one for the Bucks. I think he should be getting way more playing time because I think he is very, very good. Him and Russell Gage. But you can, I think with Mike Evans, Julio, and those two players, you'll be fine. Chris Godwin got to actually get healthy first. He rushed yeah. back from an ACL. And then what, he had a hamstring in week one or something like that. Like, he got to calm it down, bro, because he just doesn't look the same on the field. Like you said, um, Russell Gage, like, he needs to um get a lot more touches. Somebody I need to really get back to themselves, Scotty Miller, bro. Scotty Miller been dropping passes this season. Exactly. This man never drops. And mm-hmm. he's one of the – I think he's one of the most underrated slot receivers in the league. If Scotty Miller was to go out on the market today, it would be at least 10 playoff – His spot high-key already took. His spot already Final. took. Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley oh, for prob- coming. Probably. You know, you know, you know uh, Brady love them white boys. You going to just yeah. sub one in and put another one in. <laughs> we finna get loose. Cole Beasley finna hey, be it for the Bucks. Scotty, you better get your hands right because you dropping passes that I never see you drop. The passes that I expect you to catch if no one else can catch, you ain't catching right now. So I'm, I'm completely blown. That's one person on the Bucks offense that I need to see uh, shake back. So. All right, moving on to the next game was a matchup that really disappointed me, bro. Because the Jags look good for the first They're quarter. The they Jags. Were Calm down. Calm. Let me get my shit off. 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 Because they got up 14-0. I was talking shit. I was like, I told them niggas that the Jags was it. I told them niggas when the Jags was back. And then I don't know what the fuck happened with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> but that nigga, like, he, he stopped. He forgot how to play football. He fumbled four times and then threw a pick. He had five turnovers. But, you know, I was so impressed with the Jags t- going away from this game because the defense, even though this nigga turned the ball over five times, only gave up 30 points. And they were still in the game till the end, even though he threw or he uh, had five turnovers. I'm still confident in that, uh, in that uh, defense. But Trevor Lawrence, you got to get better when it comes to ball security. And once again, the weapons have to improve. I think he was missing his top two wide receivers, so obviously that's going to hurt. But, man, he couldn't throw to anybody, and when he was holding the ball in the pocket, it was a fumble. It was an ugly game for him, but Jags, I like your defense. But the Eagles showed once again why they're the top team in the NFC and why Hurts is really like that. And that defense was on Trevor Lawrence the whole game. It just gave me more confidence in both teams, honestly, going away because people had low expectations for the Jags, and they showed that they could compete with somebody on the Eagles level. So I was still impressed. I was impressed by the Jags. Um, I picked the Eagles to win, but they're, they're the Jags, bro. Like, and they were going against the Eagles. Like I honestly, the, the only undefeated team left in the league going against an upcoming team who has a lot of promise. I'm taking the well-improved quarterback, the well-improved organization, which which is the Eagles who are undefeated over the Jags. Like, I'm, I'm just doing it. As competitive as the Jags are, as ready as Trevor Lawrence is looking, I, I just knew what decision to make at that point. And, yes, the Jags played phenomenal in terms of keeping the game close. Trevor Lawrence made a lot of mistakes that the defense made up for. But I I don't know. I didn't see them walking out of that game with a dub at all. I, I don't know how you saw the possibility of it. I just Them niggas got up 14-0. I was talking big shit. I was telling my mom, I, was like, I told these niggas I was good. I tried to tell these niggas, man. It was like 23 to 14 by the time I looked at I was like, damn, all my hope is lost. <laughs> but uh, moving forward to the NFL Week 5 preview, man. Let's look at the games of the week for Week 5. So Thursday night football, we got Colts versus Broncos. 
that's honestly kind of meh. An interesting game I see is the Giants versus Packers, especially with the yeah. season that Giants are having right now. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Another sleeper matchup. Well, two are not playing, but I like the Jets. The Jets got another uh, big win versus the Steelers. That's still going to be a good game. Because like yeah, I said, Brid- Bridgewater The Jets is might solid, win that bro. game if we keep me to the bean. Uh, we got know, the Bengals I, versus I like, Ravens. I like Bridgewater to still beat the Jets now. Like, we got Bengals <laughs> versus Ravens. We got Raiders versus Chiefs. Uh, what else we got on the docket? We got uh, that's really that good. Eagles and Cardinals game might be good. Eagles, I don't know. I don't really like the Cardinals, man. Mm. I got to see them with D Hop because that offense just, I don't know. It's not doing nothing for me. I don't know. We said the same shit about a couple. Oh, other the Rams, Cowboys versus Rams too. Yeah, the, I, I need the Rams to fix whatever the hell going on. I know what's going <laughs> on. It's the goddamn. They, they need OBJ. They need OBJ ASAP, bro, or some wide receiver to give them a spark. Because once again, they need Van Jefferson back too. Van, Van Jefferson, Jefferson too. Because once again, Allen Robinson might be the most overrated signing I've ever seen. I thought this nigga was <laughs> gonna come in and do big shit. He barely gets thrown thrown to in the game. Nigga got two receptions and Coop got like fifteen. Like how does shit make sense? Like now you, you you ain't getting open. That shit ridiculous, bro. <laughs> and when OBJ he need to come open, back. Not catching it. <laughs> Either that or he ain't catching it. This shit ridiculous, bro. Damn. Matt Stafford out there Ooh. on a fucking island. This shit ridiculous. <laughs> All right, man. Now let's move on to picks of the week. So like I said before, Thursday night football is Colts versus Broncos. Uh, I got the Broncos. Man, the Broncos got a lot of the injuries, bro. Javante Williams is out for the season. Starting running back with an ACL injury. And uh, somebody and somehow, some way, they still finna beat Matt Ryan. Like I said, Broncos. <laughs> Damn, I know this is this is honestly an ugly one, bro. Because both teams it are is. not looking good. <laughs> um, damn, bro. I need to start winning these games because I'm I'm in last once again. <laughs> I, I gotta tighten up. I'm gonna go with the Broncos. Not confident at all. All right, <laughs> Giants versus Packers. Uh, Packers. The Packers have been looking good the last couple of weeks. And, oh, yeah, and the Giants don't have a quarterback. Oh, yeah, I'm going with the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. They um, didn't have a quarterback to begin with. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Bears versus Vikings. Uh, oh, Vikings. For sure, Vikings. Uh, Chargers versus Browns. Chargers. My boy, my boy Herbert leading the league in passing. And he done missed the game, and he's still leading the league in passing. So what did he miss a game? Um, oh, wait, no, he didn't miss a game. He got hurt in the game. Damn, I thought he did miss a game. Nope. Playing hurting now, my boy. Either way, my boy leading the league. <laughs> Shout out to my uh, boy Herb. Damn, bro, this one's tough. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Dolphins versus Jets. Uh, Dolphins. I'm going to go with mm-hmm. The Jets aren't pulling two upsets in a row. <laughs> it's not happening. I picked the Jets last week. I I'm did gonna, too. I know they ain't doing it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a roll with the Jets. I'm a roll with the Jets, man. Falcons versus Bucks. Bucks. I'm never picking the Falcons. I, I told y'all. The Falcons ever, two and two. You need to stop slipping on them boys. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. <laughs> no. 
because the moment I pick the Falcons, oh, they're going to lose terribly. I just they're find this like, shit so funny. This week. <laughs> I just find it so funny. Black stops being a fan of them niggas, and they actually look all right. They look <laughs> decent this year. Like, they actually winning games. That shit's so funny to me. But, uh, yeah, I got the Bucks. Lions versus Patriots. Once again, I'm gonna pick the Lions. Is I don't know. They've been they letting hit me or down, miss with me, bro. dog. They've they been, been letting me down, down. bro. They've been letting but me the down. Patriots have a third string quarterback. I don't care yeah. how great Bill Belichick is, he's not getting the Patriots a dub in this situation. Shit. So I got the Lions. And the Patriots are favored by three on Bavada too. But God damn, third string quarter Lions. That's disrespectful. The Lions got to win just because that's straight up disrespectful. <laughs> But it's Bill, so it's like, damn. Hell Bill, no. He just it's kept up with Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go with the Pats, bro. The Lions been letting man. me down. I'm going with the Patriots. Uh, Seahawks versus Saints. Uh, Seahawks. Shout out to Geno Smith. I got a two-hour Wednesday by Geno. All right, Seahawks. Yep. Mm. Who, who was the quarterback? Oh, yeah, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. <laughs> damn. I... I've lost so many games picking the Saints, and I don't know why I keep going down this rabbit hole of like the defense, the defense, and them niggas. The offense always lets me down. Like, but it's like you playing against Geno, so it's like, hey, they hmm. said that the last couple weeks, and Geno had to remind people. Just I'm once again going with the Saints. <laughs> I'm once again going with the Saints, bro. I guess that's another L. All right, Steelers versus Bills. <laughs> I got the Bills. <laughs> yep, I got the Bills. Texans versus Jags. Uh, never picking the Texans again. I got the Jags. I got the Jags. Titans versus Commanders. This is my upset right here. I got the Commanders. Wentz? Over Tanny? The defensive line. <laughs> I'm rolling with the Tanny. And y'all been real quiet about the Tanny. Tanny been playing good last couple weeks. I hear nothing. <laughs> he plays terrible. I hear everything. That shit is so crazy. I got the Titans. I got the Commanders for the upset. Right. And they had the crib, I think. So They, they definitely had the crib. At home. They definitely upset the crib. at home, that's wild. <laughs> All right. 49ers versus Panthers. 49ers. Yep, for sure, 49ers. Cowboys at Rams. Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meet you. I'm going to meet you with that. I'm going to – damn. I'm going to meet you I don't you even know who favored, who favored in that game. Uh, the Rams are favored by four and a half on Bovada, but after what I mm. just seen, I'm going with the Cowboys. The, the Cowboys gonna, defense – The is, defense going to hold them in check. Boy, and, and Cooper Rush? Cooper Rush is producing. He's oh, I was about to say. I was about to say. What you about to say? Okay. He's not. Okay. He's not straight up winning them football games. But that man is putting the ball where it need to be, and he's letting his offensive weapons cook, and he's just doing his damn job. So I have to go with the Cowboys hey. for the fact that the offense ain't messing up and the defense is killing people. What are people starting to say now? You hear all these people talking about ride the hot hand? A lot more people starting to sound like Jerry Jones, boy. Man. I saw a lot more people starting to sound like let Jerry Dak, Jones. Let Dak Prescott back in. I told y'all last week or the week before or something like that, Cooper Rush is basically Nick Foles, a very, very good backup, but that man is not a starter. But like, Who, Yeah, just... wherever he goes next year, he finna get paid because he's been playing pretty good. With, yes. with this offense, but I told y'all the reason last week. The offense has changed. More running the ball. But I like the Cowboys. Eagles versus Cardinals. 
Uh, Eagles. Yep, the Eagles for sure. Bengals versus Ravens. Uh, I got the Ravens. Damn, Sunday night football. Ravens are favorite. They're at home. Minus three on Bavada. They just mm. had an ugly-ass comeback loss. Lamar got to redeem himself. The Ravens in total have to redeem themselves. So I got them winning at home for that one. I'm going with the Bengals. That one's tough. Uh, Raiders versus the Chiefs. Monday night football. Uh, I got the Chiefs. It's something about the Raiders. Like, they tugs at my heartstrings. Chiefs at the crib, too. Chiefs at the crib, too. But the Raiders always play them well, though. And that's what people forget. The Raiders always play them well, no matter who the coach, who play. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Raiders on that one. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Damn. I'm going to go with the Raiders. The boy just got their first dub, and now they finna walk in the the arrowhead and get the second one? Hey, this is how I get back in it. This is how I get back in it. I don't know. This is how I get back in the picks of the week. This is how I got to get back in it. (laughs) Got to make some bold choices these days. (laughs) All right, now moving on to college football week five recap. The first thing we have to talk about is Bryce Young because he did injure his shoulder in the game versus Arkansas this week. He had a tremendous first half, ended up spraining his shoulder. And a lot of people are starting to question, like, if uh, how long he's going to be out. But even more people, and more so draft experts, are starting to question, should he even come back at all? Being that he's a top five pick most likely, he's going to be the first or second quarterback picked in this NFL draft. Should Bryce Young come back and play college football when he has the role paid for him with this NFL track? Uh I don't know. Did they, did they say how serious the injury might be? They say he's day-to-day. They say he could play this weekend, but they got to think about his future at the same time. If it's day-to-day, I mean, yeah, of course, like, you're you're going to be a, a, um, a top draft pick. You're obviously going to make it into the NFL. Uh, but if it's day-to-day, if it's not that serious, if he's able to go to practice like three, four days after the game and throw some pretty accurate balls in practice, you could just take, what, a week off? Like just take the next game off and then boom, go right um go right back the second week. So I, I think Bryce Young can still play the rest of this season if it's not that serious of an injury. If it's serious enough to where it's like, hey, you might need to sit for a f- couple of games, then it's like, yeah, just don't play the rest of the season at that point. But if he's but already day to day right after, then put him back out there after a week. But this is the thing, it's his shoulder, and that's what more so makes me nervous. And it's his throwing shoulder. And it's like, damn, do you want to risk that coming back and re-injuring that knock on wood or throwing that out of place? Like, you don't know what can happen risking your NFL future because that can honestly have you slipping down some draft boards if some teams see that. If you got to have surgery in the offseason, teams going to drop you down to draft boards. You already a black quarterback, so they're already trying to knock you. I think it's best if Bryce Young doesn't come back at all. I know he loves his team. I know he's a team player. He wants to win the championship, but he has nothing else to prove. Once again, whether he plays one more game or not, he's a top five pick for sure solidified, either the first or second quarterback pick. I would not play another game if I was Bryce Young, bro. I really wouldn't. I would rest that shoulder. I would just train during the offseason and get back to peak potential so you can be ready for the NFL training camp season. That's where my mind would be if I'm Bryce Young. I know he's a team player. He's most likely going to come back because he's that much of a team player. But me, I would sit out. 
I wouldn't even take the risk of it, bro. Because I've seen how these situations can go, especially with a shoulder injury. I wouldn't even risk it, bro. I, I would I would agree if it was that serious, but like I said, bro, if they say it's day to day, and he up, and but he they saying day to day, they don't really know how tough it is. They gonna say day to day because they want him to come back. They ain't think about his future like that. Where it's like, I, I'm sure Bryce Young got people in his corner with whatever decision he makes is gonna be the right decision in, in his mind and in his team's mind. It's gonna be the right decision because this is the he's same already, team. He's already making millions. Like he's already making life changing money right now. Anyway, with whatever nil money he getting. Look, this is the same team. Even though Tua didn't slip down the draft, that had Tua playing through a hip injury. So they gonna tell you to go back out there. You good. But you got to think about yourself, bro. So that's why players, yeah, you can have the team, but you got to have somebody on the outside telling you, like, okay, the NFL is there. Like, that's the goal. Like, this this college football shit cool, but we got to get there. Like, Tua had that, that hip injury. That, that shit looked terrible. Yeah. Even though he was still a top five, top ten pick, people were really questioning that. And he honestly wasn't the same his first season because of that because he had to recover from that injury. So I would think about that if I was Bryce Young of like, I'm going to just let this, this shoulder injury rest so I'm in tip-top condition. Because I don't think a shoulder sprain can get better throughout the season. Because you have to continually throw. It's a position where you're going to continually get hit, continually get slammed on that shoulder. It would just be something to worry about. Especially when you're playing in the SEC with those defenses. You're going to get touched. So I don't know, bro. I'm real nervous if I'm Somebody in, uh, advising somebody like a Bryce Young, bro. But uh, he's going to make the good decision, so I'm going to rock with it. But going back to this football game, it was an interesting game because Alabama was up 28-0 at one point, even with their backup quarterback. And then Arkansas ended up storming back and uh, getting the game close. It was 28-23. to And then Alabama honestly ended up just routing them toward the end. The score made it look way worse than what the game actually was. But yeah. the backup quarterback is what I wanted to ask you about. Like, do you think that uh, what is his name, Jalen Milrow, can really be the future of this of Alabama football? Because yes, he can run the ball, and he had a long, a lot of long runs. But really, throwing the ball was something that he really was uh, really had difficulty with. I was gonna say that was the same issue years ago, um, a couple of years ago with Jalen Hurts when he was at Alabama. It was like, yeah, Jalen Hurts is dynamic as a dual threat. He can get passes off as far as like 10 to 15, 20 yard passes, you know, some dump passes, and he could trick defenses with his legs. But when it comes to that deep ball, when it comes to placing that ball in the right spot on go routes or seam routes, like that was where the true test of Jalen Hurts came at Alabama. And that's where he had to get subbed out. And we got introduced to Tua at that point because we needed that. We needed to see an accurate passer if Bama was going to beat Georgia in that game. And then Bryce, not Bryce Young, Jalen Hurts eventually ends up transferring to Oklahoma, becomes a better passer with the offensive scheme that they trained him with when he got there. And now we see Jalen Hurts making these passes. So I don't know if he'll automatically just come in and be this great passer if he's going to have to jump through the same hurdles that Jalen Hurts did. That's the that's the one thing if I'm Nick Saban that I'm worried about of, damn, if we can't pass the ball – because I don't even know, does Alabama even have a, a top running back in the in the um, oh, yeah. country right now? Yeah, Jameer Gibbs is definitely like the best running Jameer back. Gibbs? Not, not okay. in this draft, but probably like top three in this draft for sure. If he were to I, I, I was going to say, I don't know if he's number one. I'm sure he's Because you got Bijan, you got Bijan, you got Quorum right. from Michigan. You got some other right. ones that you got to worry about. But he's like top three. And he's only a sophomore too, so he could come right. out in the draft. But he can stay if he wants to. He's one. He's like, he's still young. 
So if I'm Nick Saban, that's what I'm worried about right now. If we don't have a deep threat passing game, it's it's gonna get ugly when it's playoff time. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that that was a big thing. It's like not I'm not really worried about this season more so because he's still a freshman. He still has to get accustomed to things. When you're a freshman, especially when you're behind the Heisman, I'm pretty sure he's not really in the the playbook like that. You probably think it's just been he's just been a coast the whole season. But I'm really thinking about Jalen Hurts and his situation of like if you can't throw the ball, especially in this college football. If it was early 2000s, mid 2000s, you can get away with that shit. But you got to throw the ball in this college football. So if you can't do that, it's really tough for you. And I don't think Alabama has the coaches to really develop you, especially without Lane Kiffin and those type of coaches anymore. It's really tough for me to see that. So I worry about the future. But I think he'll be fine for right now. Them running the ball, I think we'll get them some wins. In the if Bryce Young continues to sit out, but like the future of Alabama football. I think we could be looking at a two of Jalen Hurts situation if he doesn't improve the passing aspect of his game. And uh, some couple, a couple other things that happened in college football. Georgia almost lost to Missouri. That was a wild ass game. Yeah. Then I feel like Missouri, Michigan is like fly, flying under the radar. They're number four, and nobody is talking talking about them, and they're thumping everybody they play. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michigan is definitely under the radar right now. I think it's just. I think we're just still trying to get to that point where we still have to respect Michigan. We got to remember to respect them now, especially after last year when they finally beat Ohio State and got that monkey off their back and proved that they can be in playoff conversation. Uh, I think we're just – I think people have just been waiting for Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State to just clearly show they're better than everybody else. And the fact that they haven't yet – we haven't looked at Michigan yet for who they are right now, which is looking like damn near the best team in the country, the way they play. They may not be ranked number one or two, but they're playing like it. But like I said, we're kind of sitting in that idle mode because Bama, Georgia, and Ohio State haven't separated themselves from the rest yet. And I think I think analysts and fans were just waiting for that moment when Michigan has been doing it this whole time. And are you concerned about Georgia, especially with these last couple of weeks, defense not looking the same? Uh, As far as winning it all, I'll say yes. They'll make the playoffs for sure. But when it comes to winning it all right now, your defense, like, slipping against teams like Missouri, and I forgot who they played the week before. Kent State. Kent State. So it's like, I, I don't know. You can't do that later in the season, especially when you're trying to fight for playoff contention on who you could possibly be playing in that first round. Because what if you got to play – I know we were just talking about the QB situation with Bama, but what if you're playing against Bama and that defense can't hold up against the run? Like, you, you're you looking crazy at that point, and you're not – what if that's the game before the national championship? What if you got to go through Bama just to get to the championship? So, uh, I would say they're slipping in, in terms of that, but they'll make the playoffs still. I'm concerned for them making the playoffs because that offense and defense do not look the same. When they was beating up on Oregon, yeah, they was looking good. But these last couple of weeks, I'm slipping in confidence. And I think a team, I brought them up last week about Tennessee. I think Tennessee is going to beat Georgia this season because I don't think Georgia can stop that Mm. offense. If y'all can't keep up with Missouri and Missouri don't got a quarterback. If Missouri had a quarterback, they win that game. The quarterback was trash and they still almost lost. Hendon Hooker is a Heisman candidate for Tennessee. The offense is good. The defense is solid enough. I think Georgia is going to have some problems with Tennessee before they even have to play at Alabama later in the season. So I think Tennessee will beat Georgia this year, and Georgia will not make the college football playoff. So Georgia got to tighten up, bro, if they want to see that. And another thing, you want to say something? No, I was just saying. Okay. 
And another thing about this week, 10 ranked teams ended up losing this week, bro. We had uh, number 15, Washington lost. Uh, Kentucky ended up losing to Mississippi. They were ranked 7. 21, Minnesota lost to Purdue. Uh, Oklahoma got bumped by TCU. Uh, hey, Lincoln Riley left. Oklahoma don't know how to play football. No <laughs> Swear to God. Yeah. Like, hey, I don't even know what the future of Oklahoma is going to be at this point, bro. Like, if you're they getting got, thumped oh. like this by teams that we're looking at, like, y'all should be winning by 40 to 50 points and y'all getting y'all ass whooped. Don't. Not even ranked top 25 anymore. It's getting scary for Oklahoma, bro. They're going to still get recruits, but is the culture still going to be there? Are they still going to be a ranked team that you got to be scared of? Like, Utah, for example. Utah is a ranked team, but after we beat them early this season on the Gators, people were like, oh, damn, y'all ranked, but ain't nobody scared of y'all for real. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. Oklahoma is going to turn into that team of, yeah, y'all could get ranked top 10, top 15 every year, but if y'all don't still have that culture of we're used to getting to the playoffs, like, teams are going to do this over and over again to y'all. So Yep. Number 16, Baylor ended up losing to number 9, uh, Oklahoma State. Florida State, who was ranked 23rd, ended up losing to Wake Forest. Uh, number 20, Arkansas lost. And then Texas A&M ended up getting thumped by Mississippi State. Damn. Clemson ended up beating number 10, NC State. And Georgia Tech ended up beating number 24, Pittsburgh. So a lot of upsets this week, man. But it was definitely entertaining. Definitely the best week of college football, I think, so far. But we got so many more weeks to come, especially in the Big Ten. Because I don't think anybody in the Big Ten has played each other yet when it comes to Michigan and uh, those teams, Ohio State, teams like that. They still got to play each other. They got to cross paths at some point, especially later in the season. All right, and moving forward to the college football week six preview. What do we have for games of the week for this week? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, what What is today? Tennessee and LSU play number eight versus number 25. Ah, LSU is back ranked again. TCU Damn, TCU versus Kansas. And Kansas, mm-hmm. um, they, they just had something happen too, didn't they? They're they're five and oh for the first time, like ever. For the first time. Yeah, yep. for the first time ever. So definitely congratulations That's to Kansas. Good. Uh Utah versus UCLA. UCLA is now ranked after beating Washington. And so, they undefeated, ain't they? UCLA yep. undefeated. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that'll, Utah has to prove win. themselves. Yep. Ohio State and Michigan might be good. Michigan State always play Ohio State tough. I know Ohio State number three right now, but Michigan State always find a way to um put themselves in a situation where they could come out. So, yeah. Florida State Ball versus State College. State. Ball State College always giving Clemson problems. I don't know why. So, Alabama versus Texas A&M. That's not going to be a good game. Alabama, I don't care who plays quarterback. They're thumping Texas. I would say Alabama, yeah. Yeah, they're thumping Texas. Florida State fans can finally shut the hell up. (laughs) Y'all did all that begging to get ranked just to get y'all ass whooped and get unranked in a matter of a week. So, finally, y'all can shut the hell up. Because they were trying to (laughs) – They going to win this weekend. Funny as hell, they going to win this weekend. They were trying to say um, they play – they've been playing – just as good of teams as us. It's like we played three SEC top 10 ranked teams in a matter of five games. Y'all schedule will never be compared. <laughs> we played Tennessee, Kentucky, and Utah all top. And they're all still ranked in the top 15, which is wild as hell. So the fact that y'all can sit there and say Wake Forest would have whooped our ass the same way <laughs> that they whooped y'all ass. Don't let the scoreboard deceive y'all. Cause I, I made a status saying they was getting blown out. 
at the end of the game, people was commenting. So 10 points of blowout. Y'all know y'all was getting y'all ass whooped yeah, the whole game. game. They were trying to make not it look good the at the end. They was trying to make it look good at the end. The scoreboard yeah. was very deceiving if you did yeah. not watch that game. All right, let's make some picks, man. So we got TCU versus Kansas. Who you got? Uh, I'll go with TCU. They've been playing amazing. I know Kansas yeah. is making history right now, but I like TCU. I like TCU too. And shout out to Matt Duggan, bro. I remember him from when Pro was there. He's the quarterback for mm-hmm. TCU. He's really starting to shine and uh, really starting to show how he can be a, a, one of the best uh, dual threat quarterbacks in the college football. So definitely shout out to him. Tennessee versus LSU. Uh, I got Tennessee. Another road win. Yep, I like Tennessee. But LSU is looking way better than they did beginning of the season. Uh, Utah versus UCLA. Uh, I'll go with UCLA. They'll stay undefeated. Utah is the favorite, even though they're on the road. They're a four and a half point spread, and I would go with Utah. I like I like Utah. Uh, I you I like UCLA yeah. quarterback. I forgot his name right now, but they DRC. They yeah, yeah, DRC. Nice. That's what they call him. I like him. Yeah, he, <laughs> he for sure nice. And um, oh, the big game. What other game you said? You said Ohio State versus Michigan State. You said upset for that yeah. one. What you said for that one? Uh, I don't think it'll be an upset. I think Ohio State will win, but I think it'll be a more interesting game than what people think, especially Michigan State at home. They always play tough. So Yeah, and uh, once again, Texas A&M and Alabama. I think Florida State actually wins against NC State this week, though. I think they actually For do. real? They're not On the ranked. road? Yeah, I think they actually Ooh. do win this week. <laughs> That'll be <laughs> upset of the week. After getting their, after getting their ass whooped by finally yeah. getting ranked, they come and be a top 15 ranked team. That'll be wild. It's going to Florida happen. State fans will not shut up. They're, like, oh <laughs> they're gonna God. be like, We told y'all we was like that. We told y'all. Like hey, they, they're gonna be like, now put us back in the top 20 <laughs> this time. Nah, y'all still gonna be unranked. <laughs> All right, man. Now moving on to two wild Wednesday. Egg it started off. All right. Uh the 49ers are the new team to beat in the NFC. Too wild or not too wild. I know the Eagles undefeated right now, but the way the 49ers defense is looking. That's a tough way, one, bro. That's a way, tough one. The way that they are just cruising through these good teams. Yeah. I think 49ers got the best defense in the league right now. They do. Um, they do. And we, Jimmy G is not great, but we got to get this man some type of credit right nah. now. Nah. We gotta give we gotta give Jimmy G some kind of credit. Oh, for making oh yeah, having the offense has some rhythm. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. He got the offense with some rhythm at least. That's why I said I ain't finna sit here and say we just gotta respect Jimmy G like he is top quarterback. But he's he's pulling a Cooper rush, but in San Francisco right now. He's keeping the offense flowing. He's not making stupid, at least not as many stupid ass mistakes as we're used to seeing him make. Like, I, I got to give Jimmy G credit with that. I know the Eagles undefeated right now. They look like the most complete team. But I got to say, it's not too wild that the 49ers should be deemed the best team in the NFC. Like I said, that's a tough one, bro, because I think the, the Niners are definitely up there for sure because of the defense, though. But I don't like Jimmy G, man. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. I like the Eagles. I like Jalen Hurts. I, I just like the weapons for both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I just like the Eagles because they're just the most complete team to me. But that defense for San Francisco, I think their defense is better than the Eagles' defense. But I like the Eagles' mm-hmm. offense more than the, the Niners' offense. So I'll ride with the Eagles. But that's a tough one, though, bro. So, like, I'll actually say not too wild because I think it's one and two. 
I think it's like you can go back. I was gonna say you can say not to you can yeah. still pick the Eagles and say not yeah. too wild. It's, so. it's not too wild, not too wild at all. They up there for sure. All right, moving on. I got the NFC East is the best division in the NFL. Too wild or not too wild. And let me tell you, they got three three and one teams in their division, too. Not by three three and one teams in their division. (laughs) Not Not too wild, man. They looking like that. And all the teams look pretty solid. The Giants look good. The the Cowboys, the Eagles, obviously looking like the best team in the the conference. The NFC East gonna be a dog fight, especially if Dak come back and the offense stays the same for the Cowboys. Hell no. I say the best division in football right now. I'm going to go at the AFC East. The Dolphins and the Bills have two of the most electrifying offenses in the league right now. The Jets have got an upset win over the Steelers, who is always a commendable win. I'll give anybody the nod if you could beat the Steelers. I don't care who at quarterback because it's Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin does not lose often. And like like you've been saying, Zach Wilson – he gonna have them boys right to where they'll be above the Patriots. Patriots will probably be last. Oh, now y'all want to get off? No, oh, shut your ass up! Now you want to get on oh, board, you bitch? They're now down you to a third string quarterback. Now the you want to get on board? The oh, Patriots are down to a third string quarterback. <laughs> Patriots are down to a third string quarterback. I, I cannot continue to support that at this point. If Mac Jones comes back, I will be back hating the Jets. But until then, I gotta hop on Quincy bandwagon and give the nod to the Jets at this moment. But I think the AFC East is probably the best division right now. And it's a lot of, honestly, it's a lot of divisions that are really log jam right now. Like I brought up with the AFC North, they have three, they have three two and two teams and uh, the Steelers are one and three. That division is still a dog fight at this point. You still got the uh, AFC West is still tough. Still got the Raiders. Uh, you still got the Chargers. Still got the Chiefs. It's still a couple of good, and honestly, one, one that people are sleeping on. NFC North with the Vikings and the, the Packers. You know what I'm saying? The Lions scrappy team. I don't know. But like I the said, NFC I still think it's the West. NFC East. I still think it's the, the NFC, NFC East. West is the only division where everybody got the same record. Everybody two and two in the NFC West. That's wild. I, I mean, I, and it's crazy because I still wouldn't call it the toughest division. I oh, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't call it the toughest right now just because they, they don't give me that vibe because the Rams been Yeah, like the Seahawks down. and the Cardinals. It's like, I don't the know. Cardinals got too many people hurt. The Seahawks, yeah, Geno Smith going off, but they're the Seahawks right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, I'm going to roll it with NFC East, though, man. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from all three teams. I don't think the Giants have played anybody crazy so far, so that's the yeah. only caveat I would have to that. But the Eagles and the Cowboys are definitely legit playoff teams to me. And the Giants are that more so fringe team. And they don't have a quarterback because Daniel Jones is hurt. And, and their backup Tyrod Taylor is hurt. I think they said somebody is going They're trying out somebody. I don't even know who's going to be the quarterback this week. But I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't even know who's going to be the quarterback. But uh, if, I, the, if Daniel Jones gets healthy, I, I like the Giants too. I would say too wild. I got AFC East right now as the best division in football right now. All right, you got it. Uh, my next one. Hmm, which one I want to do next? The Steelers will not win a single game for the rest of October. Too wild or not too wild? They just announced it will be the starter for the remainder of this season. I got hope in Kenny Pickett. I know when he got in the game uh, this past Sunday, it was like, what the hell is going on? But that was bro first NFL game. So, I mean, and he was just kind of thrown in. So I, I won't hold that against them. But from here on out, 
the I think they have the toughest schedule right now, bro. Like, look at the next four games for the Steelers. You got the Bills on the road. You got who else? You got um Tampa Bay. That's a home game, but it's Tampa Bay. You got the Dolphins on the road, and you got the Eagles on the road. You oh, don't man. have another easy game <laughs> until the Saints at home way yeah. in November after a bye week. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the Steelers – I think it's not too wild. The Steelers will not win a game for the rest of October. This will probably be the worst slump that Mike Tomlin's team has ever had. Yeah, not too wild. I, like I said, the offense didn't look good with either quarterback, even though Penny, uh, Kenny Pickett is a rookie. I still don't like that offense. Najee Harris isn't as getting being as productive as I thought he was going to be this season. Yeah, I thought I he was going to be one of the top running backs. Yeah, and I think he's been more so hurt this year too because whatever, but – the defense is like the defense is still good, but they're missing TJ Watt. And the offense is yeah. just putting them in terrible positions because no matter what quarterback you're playing, they're throwing interceptions, putting their defense in terrible positions. And I think that will continue with uh with Kenny Pickett going through his growing pains with his first season. So I think, yeah, not too wild at all. All right. For two wild Wednesday, I got a question. Who is the best running back in the league? Saquon Barkley? Or Nick Chubb? Uh, I would say Nick Chubb to the points that you made last week, I think, of Nick Chubb just looks like the complete running back right now. He's producing on every level. I think he averaging, what, like five yards a carry damn near right now, four to five yards a carry. So I say Nick Chubb, like, he's the reason I believe that the Browns are even in the position that they're in right now. He has 81 carries for 459 yards, which is five Point seven yards. Damn, so almost six yards. God damn. Yeah, that's it. Damn, this six yards of carry and five touchdowns. I think he's been playing like the best running back. But I think Saquon Barkley is the more talented running back, and I think he has more skills when it comes to catching the football. So that's why I think a lot of people will lean towards Saquon. But I agree with the Chubb point, man. I think when he gets the ball behind that offensive line, he can't be stopped, bro. Like it's hard to bring him down already because he's more so like a thicker running back. But I think he's like he's been this way for the past three years when it comes to this type of production, bro. Like the last couple of years, he's been a thousand yard rusher. I mean, in 2019, it was 1500 yards last year, not last year, but the year before last, he got hurt, but he still got a thousand. And then the year before or last year, he got 1300 yards. So on the ground, he's the best running back. I know everybody is on this Saquon train because we haven't seen him good and healthy for a long period of time, but I would still have to go with the consistent production in Nick Chubb over Saquon. But Saquon is having a crazy season. Let me look up his stats. I was going to say, I don't even know his stats right now. Saquon Barkley has 463 yards or 5.5 yards of carry. So he damn near got six yards of carry. And I'm pretty sure he has more receiving yards than uh than Nick Chubb as well. Oh, he only has 107 for the season. Not too crazy. But yeah, similar when it comes to like the, the amount of rushing yards. But like I said, I would just go with Nick Chubb, bro. Definitely going to Nick Chubb, but that's on you. Uh, my next one: Which team has the better chance of getting the lead back in their division? The Arizona Cardinals, who are third in their division at two and two, or the Cincinnati Bengals, who are third in their division at two and two? Which team do you think has the better chance of getting the lead back in their division? Which shouldn't be hard for either one yeah. if, they, if other people lose the way they need to lose. No, I, I don't think it's a hard decision in terms of, like, the team. Because, like I said, even if D-Hop comes back, 
I'm not as confident in the Cardinals as I felt like I was coming into the season. I think yeah. Kyler Murray is still a talented quarterback, but like I said, I think it's just too many holes on the defense, and I don't think they have that explosive running game that I feel like they had last year with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, uh, what's the other team you said? I'm blanking. Oh, uh, the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Bengals for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think the Bengals have the best chance just because, one, I don't trust the Browns, even with Nick Chubb doing as great as he's doing. I don't trust them to maintain the lead in the division this long. Mm -hmm. And Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they I think they're the most confusing They're all team tied right at 2-2, two and two, ain't they? And they're all tied at 2-2? Two and two? Yeah, and the Steelers are 1-3. Yeah. So it, it's it fight in both of these divisions. I think um I think the 49ers will keep a steady lead in um in their division, but the AFC North, anybody can get the lead in that division right now. So I think the Bengals have the best chance. All right, and my last one is Geno Smith will lead the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs. Too wild or not too wild? Uh I, I honestly say not too wild because the NFC is clearly not the best conference this year. I could already say the AFC is the better conference because Eagles, Cowboys, if I had to say playoff teams right now, Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers. Mm. Well. Oh, yeah, because only the Bucks out of the NFC South. So Vikings, Packers, Seahawks. Yeah, Cardinals not making it. So, Bucks, Packers, Vikings, Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, and um the Packers. I said Packers already, and the Eagles. Seahawks will make it. Yeah, because these teams they mostly got in. I think are getting in. Eagles, Vikings, Bucks. Well, do I want to believe in Kirk like that? I don't know, uh, but I'm gonna just roll with him for now. Eagles, Vikings, Bucks, 49ers, Cowboys, Packers. And I think the Rams eventually get in there over the Giants right now. So I will I will still have, yeah. I don't think Geno Smith is gonna get in there, but I just wanted to show him some love because he's been putting on for the goddamn Seattle Seahawks. And I seen a stat, bro, this week that said Geno Smith has been outplaying Russell Wilson so yep. far this season, which I is crazy. <laughs> they got rid of Russ and got a better quarterback with this nigga, and they got all Denver <laughs> draft picks. They got a steal of a nigga. So right now, Russell Wilson has uh, 980 passing yards, four touchdowns, and one interception on 61% passing, while Geno Smith has 1,000 passing yards, six TDs, and two interceptions on 77% of passing. So mm. obviously, Geno Smith has been a better quarterback, pushing a team who we didn't expect to be anything to have two wins so far this season is just impressive to me because – who the fuck expect this from Geno Smith in 2022? Nobody. Like, who expected this shit? I forgot he was in the, even in the league still. <laughs> so definitely shout out to Geno Smith for getting uh, this far and revitalizing his career for sure. That's what I, that's what I wanted to shout out. So definitely shout out to him. Uh, my last one, I, I did this for laughs. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is done as a starter after this season. Too wild or not too wild? Oh, yeah. Not even close. He's done. Sam Darnold's done. I was just thinking about this on my way home because I was thinking about that two uh, or that college football question of like Bryce Young. I want Bryce Young on the Carolina Panthers, bro. And I think we finna get uh Baker Mayfield gonna be off the books after the year. 
Sam Darnold gonna be out off the well, books. Y'all gotta worry about the Seahawks now, because if Geno don't keep playing like he need to be playing with them picks that Seattle got, Seattle gonna give y'all a run for y'all money. If both right. of y'all are looking for a quarterback by the end of the season, but this I would is the like thing. him more on the Panthers though. So. But this is the thing. This is why I like Baker. Hopefully he sucks, so we keep losing, so we can get a top two pick. So we ain't gotta worry about them Seattle goddamn Seahawks. So Baker, <laughs> I just hope you continue to do your thing and be garbage, bro. I hope because I think currently it's the Texans and then it's the the Panthers got the number two pick right now. So hopefully the mm -hmm. Panthers get the number two pick and Stroud be number one because I keep seeing Stroud be number one. I don't think Stroud is the best quarterback, but I keep seeing Stroud him being still one. leading the Heisman votes. I think he is. is. Wow, like I, I gave up on him for the Heisman like after week two. I've been thinking their running game has been the real key for Ohio State. It hasn't even been him. Like Trevion Henderson and uh, Mayan Williams have been the real keys to this Ohio State team if we're being a bean, keeping it a bean. But uh, once again, I think Bryce Young is the better quarterback, though. But CJ Stroud going to be all right. But this is the thing about Ohio State quarterbacks, bro. They never produce in the NFL. Never. At all. When have we seen one produce? Dwayne Haskins didn't. I'm about to say the last one was Dwayne Haskins. He didn't even produce. That nigga was traded to the Steelers. Tra what? Justin Fields, he hasn't looked good. When we can blame that on the Bears, but even still, he hasn't looked good. Yeah, uh, I still haven't haven't even really seen glimpses for real. Like at least with yeah. Trevor Lawrence, with um obviously this is Clemson, but with Trevor Lawrence being in Jacksonville, now that he has pieces around him, we're seeing glimpses. And even yeah. before he had pieces, there were some type of glimpses of okay, he'll be all right in this league. I, I haven't seen that yet with Justin Fields. I hope I do, but yeah. Yeah, when you talk about quarterbacks like JT Barrett, bro, it's like you could go through the names that players that went to the NFL or got there. Troy Smith wasn't good in the NFL. Just Ohio State quarterbacks, bro. Not saying that CJ Stroud not going to be good, but picking him over somebody like Bryce Young, I wouldn't do it. Just off the reputation of Ohio State quarterbacks, I would not do that at all. But uh, moving forward to some NBA topics I have is the Tyler Hero extension. He got a four-year, uh, or he got a four-year deal worth up to one hundred and thirty million dollars this year, and I was completely shocked by this deal because I don't even know why I was shocked. I was shocked because I didn't expect that much money to be given to him. But when I sat with it, when I thought about it, thirty million dollars isn't that crazy for somebody of Tyler Hero's play, especially when you got people like Jalen Brunson getting thirty million dollars. It was just the fact that that nigga played so bad in the damn playoffs that I didn't want to see that nigga resign, bro. And that shit I completely blew my ass, bro. So seeing him resign, hopefully he improves with the heat and continues to on this trajectory that he's been going on. But I got to see something in the playoffs. I really don't care what he does in the regular season because I'm pretty sure he's going to be a starter now with Jimmy, with Bam. He's going to be a starter, especially getting this type of money. You better be a starter. But it's like now we got to see you really show up in the playoffs, bro. You can't. Be one of the worst playoff performers anymore, bro. You really got to improve yourself. So, yeah. And I was going to say, I agree. I'm a huge Tyler Hero fan. I've, I've been one of the only people telling Quincy, I think, that Tyler Hero is going to stay on the Miami Heat. It don't matter what trade talks come up, Tyler Hero's name is not going to get touched. And it clearly has. Miami Heat trusts that he's going to be a foundational piece in whatever type of um, culture and squad that they build moving forward. I've been trying to tell Quincy that, and it's coming to fruition now. The money he gets, the money he's um finna get right now with this contract extension, like Quincy said, is it's average. It's about what I would expect him to get for being like the third or fourth best player on the team, you know. So I'm, I mean, it's I, I 
I'm not gonna sit here and say I expected it, but I'm not surprised at it at all. Yeah, bro. because when I first seen the contract, I damn near threw up, bro. Because I'm so my mind is so used to like 30 million dollars being like best player in the league money. So my mind is still like stuck on that because we've been like transcending so far in this. That's the last 10 years, bro. When LeBron then was playing for the Heat, LeBron was only getting 15 million dollars. Him, Wade, and Bosch only got 15 million dollars between themselves. Yep. So you telling me somebody like Tyler Hero in 2022 getting 30? Like my mind is still like stuck on those days of like 30 million dollars being like best player in the league money. And it's just not that anymore when you got players like Wiggins, you got people like RJ Barrett, like I said, Jalen Brunson getting 30 million dollars now. Yeah, can we call those overpays? But that's just the market for players of this that's caliber right now. That's the market. So I I, I once I sat I sat with it, I was like, I understood it more, but we just got to see more from Tyler Hero. I was more so upset with the fact of with Jimmy having only a couple of years of his prime left to me. I just wanted to see Tyler Hero trade up for somebody who could help him win now. And I don't know if this core is going to be enough to get us over the hump for us to win a championship in this Jimmy window. And that's why I wanted to see Tyler Hero trade it. So sign him signing this extension tells the Heat or tells everybody that he's not going to be traded anymore. He's going to be a Heat for a long time now. Because nobody wanted to trade for him if he when he was getting six million. Who wants well, to trade for him when he's getting thirty? Hopefully, this offseason he showed the Miami Heat, he showed Pat Riley something that so. made them say, "Okay, we should give him this money because he's making the improvements." I think he got a little bigger too. He got a little more bulk to him now, mm-hmm. so he he done added some weight to him. Hopefully, he getting his shot um more adjusted. So I think he'll have closer to a bubble type of season that we haven't seen since then. So hopefully he can he can show us that this season. And I think we're still going to see an adjustment from him because he's he's never played with the starters, especially last year right. when he had the whole second unit to himself where he could do whatever he wanted. Now you have to adjust to to Jimmy Butler. Now we want Bam to be more aggressive. So now you got to come after Bam. So you actually have to adjust yourself still with this. And lineup. I think so he'll thrive with that a lot more. I think he'll mm. thrive with that a lot more than instead of him trying to lead a unit out on the floor, especially the second unit when it's not as many, um, it's not as talented as the first unit. So mm-hmm. I think him being that third option at the BAM and after Jimmy, I think that's where Tyler Hero will thrive because now we just need you to be clutch. You don't yeah. have to lead us the entire five to six minute stretches that we got you out on the floor. So yeah. And I've seen I've seen big moments from Tyler Hero in the regular season, but I've seen big moments from Tyler Hero last year. One game that comes to mind is that game versus Milwaukee where he was the only person scoring in the fourth quarter versus a good Milwaukee team. So that's the game that always replays. The, this is the potential of somebody like a Tyler Hero. Against the best right. team in the Eastern Conference, he was dominating down the stretch, and he's still our best scorer. Even with Jimmy Butler... Doing this thing in the playoffs, I think as like a pure who can get a bucket, I think Tyler Hero is still the best scorer for Miami. But we just got to see him take another level with this with this year, bro. So I'm definitely excited since we stuck with him. <laughs> and moving forward, I got to talk about um, the battle of the top two NBA draft picks. So it's a game that's coming on tonight, which is Tuesday. Uh, Victor Wimbanyama is playing against Scoot Henderson. So if you do not know these two players... These are two players that will be the top two picks in the NBA draft for the 2023 season. Uh, Victor Wimbenyaga is from uh, France. He's a 7'4 center. You probably seen him on some highlight tapes. He's like on the same build of like a Chet Holmgren, of like a, a Porzingis. He's of that type of build. And then Scoot Henderson is like a 6'2 a uh, Russell Westbrook, 
but can shoot way better, like a John Morant type of build. So those two players will be going up against each other tonight, which is Tuesday. So if you uh, this podcast is going to come out on Wednesday, but definitely check out the highlights if you guys are uh, into the NBA draft and that type of thing. Now let's move on to social media wants to know. We got this for two. Uh, social media wants to know. Egg. Would you rather have 200K or coin flip for 50 M's or 40 200K. M's? 200K. 200K. Like, what the hell? Like, what kind of question is that? What? Why? <laughs> Why would you say 200K? You're basing, like, you're, I refuse to choose a 50-50 chance on one coin flip or whether or not I'm going to be a millionaire or keep what I have as opposed to automatically just giving me $200,000. Give me the 200 k that's, that's a pussy decision, bro. It's smart, How? but it's, 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 smart, it's, it's smart, but it's pussy. It's smart, but it's pussy. Because if you walk I'm getting the, the guaranteed money, well, what the smart. hell? It's smart, it's smart, but it's pussy at the same time. Because if you walk into the store and you, let's, let's say, for example, you, you, you're in a good position, you got good money. They say, damn, bro, we can give you 200 k or you can get a coin flip for 40 M's. You walk in the damn uh, Walmart, for example. You walk into a Walmart and they offering this shit. You walk into a Walmart with no money. Niggas offering you 200K of 40 M's. If you don't get the 40 M's, you came in with nothing. You live with nothing. But you can actually win 40 M's, But bro. if I do the 200K, I know I'm leaving with something. It ain't up to but it's not 40 M's, though. <laughs> it's not 40 M's. But I think the thing that's tripping me up is... I only get one coin flip. Now, yeah. if this was three coin flips for 40 million, okay, I got a chance. Like, I got at least, I got three chances to get heads or tails, whichever one I pick, to get it oh, one Oh, no, time no, this only going to be one M. chance. Yeah, one chance for oh, sure. Hell, yeah, no, no. Give me the 200K. I mean, we're not giving you three chances to win. Hell no. It's like one chance. Give me 200K. What the hell? Oh. It honestly depends on how they flip the shit too, bro. I don't like when niggas flip it and let it hit the ground and all roll on the ground. I like when niggas flip it, let it hit the hand, slap it. I like when they flip it like that. So it depends on how you flipping it that day and how, how lucky I feel. But I would go Man. with the coin flip, bro. Give me the, the give me the safe and secure $200,000. <laughs> I got that's say, like, it's safe, but it's pussy. That's like when people ask non-basketball players Shit, even basketball players, because you can miss a shot on any given day. Would you rather do a layup for 20K, a free throw for 50K, or a three-pointer for 100K? Like, I would choose either the layup or the free throw. If I was a basketball? Like, if I, if I was a pro? Or if if I was you're a anybody. pro, if you're a pro, obviously, you're going to try and do the three-pointer. But if you're just anybody, if we just you're just anybody, or even a... um. Shit, even if you're somebody that played the YMCA every other day, like even them people, like they'll probably be like, "Oh no, now nah, hold on." All I gotta do is all I gotta do is make a free throw, and I got fifty. Or should I take the chance and shoot a three for a hundred? Give just give me the fifty, just give me the free throw, or give me the hell, give me the layup for twenty k. Like I want to leave with guaranteed money, bro. Just guaranteed. I feel like you going. I feel like, bro. I feel like with this two hundred k thing. You're going to leave with so much regret. You got 200K in your pocket, so you're going to be satisfied, but you're going to always think of like, damn, what if I won? If I didn't, if I, but it's going to be the same way high key if you 
you miss on the court for uh, the four You're going to be more pissed like, if you lose like the coin flip. Because you're going to be like, damn, I really could have just walked away with money, but I chose to try to be greedy. Damn, that shit to tough. You're going to be more mad if you don't get the 40 M's because now you ain't getting no money, period. You ain't getting shit. At least, at least if you walk away with 200K, you be like, damn, I wish I would have tried that. But at least I got something. If yeah. you don't get the 40, you're going to be like, damn, I'm still just broke. Like, I'm still broke at the end of the day. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go big or go home, bro. I gotta go for the forty M's, bro. I gotta go for the forty. I don't, I don't have to work again. So if you get two hundred K, you still gotta work. Yeah, you can invest that even money. Even if or I made, even if I made forty M's, I, I still work. Would I still work in working at two hundred M's? Would I be an employee to somebody? No, but oh, okay, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Would I do things to where I'm, I'm doing my own business or? or I'm investing, or I'm, even if I'm working for somebody, I have, like, an executive, like, authoritative position. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still work and do shit like that, but would I still work like a regular 9 to 5? Hell no. no. 40 M's. That shit tough, bro. I gotta go 40 M's. But, uh, <laughs> all right, moving on to entertainment and current events. We got Kanye West, the White Lives Matter? Yeah, so I'm sure y'all all seen this on Monday, but um, Kanye West was at a fashion show in Paris for his Yeezy Season 9 release, and he was seen with Candace Owens and also with Lauren Hill's daughter wearing some type of graphic tees. I couldn't remember what person was on the front. It was like a white person or something on the front of the shirt. But on the back of the shirt, it said, White Lives Matter. And I think what Kanye was trying to do based off of what I was trying to read what he texted or whatever. Kanye was trying to point out the fact that black lives matter is basically a scam, which we talked about last month. We talked about how people in black lives matter, executive positioned people in black lives matter have been embezzling money from the, um, from the organization. But many black people are upset because of the fact that just because Black Lives Matter as the business, as the organization may be fraudulent, the phrase itself still stands true to what we believe. And to do the White Lives Matter shirt to try and make some Kanye point, whatever he's trying to make, is completely ignorant as hell. And I totally agree with what people are saying. I don't know why, bro. But why is Kanye West just seem like he's such a clout chaser? Or he just be doing some lame shit just for attention. It's like you a billionaire and I feel like he just does shit that just some lame nigga shit that, you know what I'm saying? That's like, there's some clout chasing shit that doesn't make any sense to me, bro. I feel like this was just for attention. I feel like a lot of the shit that he does is for attention. The, the Kim and the Kim and Kanye beat that we were seeing on social media play out. He was going back at Kim when he was talking about Kim and that whole diarrhea situation. Like, all of that shit is just for attention. And I'm honestly tired of it with Kanye. When I seen this, I was just like, okay. And I just kept scrolling. Because this is just some normal shit that we see with Kanye. Yeah, it's normal yeah. shit with him. It's like, I don't even give a fuck what this nigga is talking about no more. Like, everything that you say, the point that you try to prove, like, I don't give a fuck what you're talking about, what your point is with it. I just don't care. I'm just tired of it, Kanye. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what the stance. Like, I'm moving on, bro. Cause I, I wasn't, I wasn't even gonna talk about this shit until I seen you posted on the the docket. I was like, oh, it's just kind plus, of um, plus. Uh, Russ had asked if we was gonna talk about it, and I didn't know about it till Russ sent it to me. So I was like, yeah, I, I feel like we got. I seen about it, bro, shit. but it's just like it's it's Kanye doing some Kanye shit. And so it's like, yeah, we can dive into like the white lives matter into the point that he's actually trying to make. Is it a good point? Yada yada yada. But it's like, 
when are we going to stop trying to defend this man or go against this man and then just or just realize like fuck what this nigga is talking about i think that's the point that we should get because there's too many people trying to fight for the size of like is he right is he wrong why don't we just say like this nigga's irrelevant we don't give a fuck what he's talking about we don't yeah, care we what the point he's care. trying to make we don't care why are we not at that point with Kanye with everything that he's shown us over the past couple of years? Yes, he's a great artist. Yes, he makes good music. Yes, he is a living legend. But we ain't got to put up with the bullshit that he continues to, to give us on social media, the the, the shit and the, the stances that he tries to make. We don't have to keep going for it. This is just bait. This is literally bait for all of the black people or, or just for everybody in general to make a comment and just to have some sort of conversation about what Kanye is doing when the shit honestly doesn't even matter. It because now whenever now whenever he posts anything pro black or trying to fight for his blackness for his kids or whatever people ain't going to care about that shit no more now because you doing what you doing now like you wearing shirts that say white lives matter like you trying to prove a point like basically going against the whole stance that black people created to have some type of representation of ourselves um in a positive light against oppression and you do this so any anything that Kanye West says now about being pro black or this that or third, we're not gonna care anymore now. Like it's it's not gonna matter. It's gonna be contradicting. It's gonna be irrelevant, and it's it's gonna be a situation where, like Quincy said, we we really don't give a damn. We don't care because you've you've numbed us. You've numbed yes. our mind. You've desensitized us to exactly. all the crazy shit that you say and do to where. I can't even sit here and blame it on your bipolar. I can't. I can't yeah. blame it on none of that no more. Like nah. as soon he knew later, what he was doing because he did it with Candace bro. Owens. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, like he we just gotta hold doing. you accountable. We gotta yeah. hold you accountable at this point to let you know you're irrelevant to us. But now. that's what I'm if saying. Like we should be. If at you ain't the got point, no album dropping or no shit. We really don't care what you. That's do. what I'm saying. Like we should be at the point where we're past holding that nigga accountable because he's just gonna keep doing it. Like y'all just keep feeding into it by giving him attention. Y'all feeding into it. Like oh, this is what I want. I want people to talk about me. I want my name in the headlines. That's what it is, bro. But we should get to the point where if it ain't about an album, bro, we don't give a fuck what you talking about. And honestly, this shit started all the way back when he talked about us. Uh, slavery was a choice. We honestly should have stopped listening to that nigga Kanye then. But we kept feeding it to it. It was the biggest debate. And it's been like that over the last five years. Whatever he says, somebody's trying to debate. The Trump shit, the MAGA shit. Oh, we got to debate about the Kanye. We're at this point in 2022. If it ain't about his music, bro. Fuck what that nigga talk about. Fuck his stance. Fuck all that bullshit. Fuck what he posting on social media. I don't give a damn, bro. We tired of it, Kanye, truthfully, bro. You a legend, but we tired of that bullshit for real, bro. Really. All right. And moving on to Quavo and Takeoff. Speak on Migos Breakup. Yeah, man. So that's been one of the um one of the debates of the summer. One of the debates over the last couple of weeks of when our Quavo and Takeoff or when is Offset going to come out and speak up about the breakup that has happened with this um, all-time group, like the group that ran the 2010s, like one of the longest standing rap groups of all time. Like we, we want to know, are they getting back together? Like, is there, is there any, any details about what's going on with the beef? Quavo and Takeoff said in an interview recently that, you know, it's a loyalty situation. They they just want to do their thing with their duo right now, and it has nothing to do with QC based off of what Quavo and Takeoff said. It ain't got nothing to do with QC. It ain't got nothing to do with no paperwork, no label stuff. It's something internally going on with the three of them. I don't know if the rest of y'all have seen rumors on social media, but it's been a lot of rumors 
that Offset slept with Sweetie, or he did something with Sweetie, mm. and him and Quavo got the most beef, I think. I think Takeoff is just siding with his uncle over his cousin, and he, he really just trying to straddle the fence of like, hey, we all family, I ain't finna pick sides, but this is who I'll continue making music with. But I think Quavo and, and Offset, you can hear it in Quavo's voice that he really ain't want to answer the question or really dive into it. But he knew eventually he was they were going to have to give some type of answer to this because they've been doing concerts, performing their songs separately. So we're like, OK, y'all performing songs that all of y'all are on, but y'all not together still. So what what's the beef? And it, it kind of gave some insight on what's happening. And I was telling Edgar before the pod, bro. That shit just, it hurts because you realize that this is the end. Yeah, like in yeah. the interview, they were leaving the door kind of open, like a little bit cracked of like, yeah, maybe you can come back. Like, you don't know where God can lead us, that type of shit. But it's like, that shit felt like the end. And it's some things that you just can't can't come back from. Like Edgar brought up the Sweetie point. Yeah. Everybody knows that Quavo was messing with Sweetie for a little minute. So it's like, if the rumors are true that he cheated on, Offset cheated on Cardi and ended up getting with Sweetie, it's like, all right, bro, if you Quavo, you got to step away from that man, bro, because it's like it's some G-code shit that you just can't cross, and women are usually like that point where you can't cross it, bro. I don't care if I'm done with her. You know I had feelings for her, and you know I was messing with her for a long time. Like, you know what right. that point is. So if that is the reason why they broke up, it's like that shit is very understandable, and I'll be doing the same thing. But it just hurts to see, like, this legacy broken over some shit as trivial as that. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that's why I'm like, damn. Like, y'all have some years to go. Y'all been with us since, what, 2011? Giving us nothing yeah. but hits for 2022, like in a 10, 11-year hit or uh, stretch. And now y'all done over that? It's like, come on, bro. That shit just hurt. Yeah, and, and it was a situation Um, I was telling Quincy of it's Offset, the only person that Sweetie has been messing with that's in the QC label that is supposed to be cool with Quavo. Because remember... It was said that she was messing with Lil Baby too after she broke up with Quavo. Like Lil um Lil Baby took on some kind of shopping spree or whatever. She left her chicken nuggets on the um on the little sofa thing that Lil Baby took a picture next to, and she was eating them same chicken nuggets in her story. She had a so it meal. was yeah, she had the sweetie meal, her <laughs> own meal that's very easy to um <laughs> easy to tell what it is. So it was like, damn. Are we going to look at Sweetie at, at some point and be like, damn, so you've been rumored to mess with Lil Baby and with Offset. And we already, we've heard rumors in the past that Offset and Lil Baby already ain't on the best terms because of whatever him and um whatever beef he had with 4PF before mm -hmm. Lil Baby even really got on. So it's a lot of internal stuff with QC right now that is really just like the City Girls and Cardi B going at it now because JT with She's siding with Nicki Minaj and making music with her. Cardi is like family to QC because she's with Offset. And mm. P and Coach K, they love Cardi. So it's <laughs> a lot of QC stuff going on right now to where the Migos ain't together. City Girls beefing with the wife of one of the Migos. Like, I don't know what the hell going on with them. Lil yeah, Baby the only tough. one eating with no problems at <laughs> He got an album coming out. That nigga know what he got going on, bro. And I keep hearing good things about his documentary, too. Yeah, I keep saying out the way too. Facts. And I keep seeing this documentary. People keep saying how good that documentary is. So mm. he keeps growing over this time where everybody else is honestly starting to crumble, which is hilarious to me. But uh, moving forward, we got uh, Tesla unveils op the Optimus robot during AI day. So I wanted to show this to y'all because this is something that is very interesting, bro. 
So it is the optimist robot will be designed to do everything a human brain does, such as processing vision data, making last minute decisions, as well as communicating. The robot will be sold at $20,000 by Tesla. And it was something that was showed off this past Monday. So, Edgar, what are your thoughts on this? The the Tesla robot. We're starting to get closer and closer to the iRobot days, bro. We starting I'm to get there. Yeah, iRobot. Get, like it has it has its own brain. What was my nigga name from iRobot? That like the good dude, the good the good robot. I don't remember. I know who you're talking about though. Damn, I, I forgot his name because he had a name. I forgot too. he even had a name for it. He real. did have a name. He like, did have a name. I thought it was Fuck. like a number or some shit. iRobot. Oh, you can go ahead. I just, thought he, I just thought he had like a number. For it was Sonny, bro. His name was Sonny. Sonny. Nigga name was Sonny. So Sonny, the good robot. I, it's going to be way more uh, bad robots than Sonny's out here. And, and this is that. weird. This is weird because it's like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to go to the metaverse and do everything virtually through like through 3D and 4D type of virtual reality? Or are we going to be robotic like I, I don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what's gonna happen over the next 10 20 years obviously this is not a robot that the majority of people in the world are gonna have because not everybody got twenty thousand dollars to just buy a damn robot but um <laughs> so this ain't gonna be in but, like everybody but, but look at own. this bro a lot of people in our well a lot of people in our robot did have uh their own robot actually i was about to say mm-hmm. something because they did have their own robot because uh his grandma even had a robot remember that a uh, Will yeah. Smith mama had a, a robot, so I think back then everybody had a robot. But th- it's just going to become more of a normal thing where the price will drop and it will be more attainable for everybody yeah. just to have that helping hand. That's what they're going to uh, categorize it as, and more people will be able to get robots. And then that's when we're going to see a real takeover. In the early stages, they're going to be good little helpers or whatever, just like how they were in iRobot. But them niggas going to turn on you once they get comfortable. Once they because start they're already doing this, they're already doing this in Japan. Like I feel yeah. like we be late as hell with like groundbreaking stuff like this. They've been doing this in Japan for years now. Like of having actual robots help at sporting events or of airports and stuff like that. So it, it's our turn to try and integrate into that way of life. But I don't see it working that well. Another movie y'all should watch. That y'all want to know how technology can um go for the worst if you try to make it too smart. Smart House, uh, underrated Disney. Ah, movie. that, that Smart movie House fire. Was fire. That movie fire. That movie fire. Yep. And it's all it's all of the movies about robots are about them going bad. It's never about a, a robot being good and they your little exactly. helper for your the whole entire life. It's always about them going bad. So that's just a sign of like things to come. Like they hey, not making these movies even for my no teenage reason. robot. Even even Jenny from my teenage robot. Even she had a couple episodes. I'm like, boy, somebody programmed her the wrong way. This episode is <laughs> over. <laughs> and I remember I told you to watch uh, Ex Machina. Ex Machina was Haki the same I way. Still where, ain't watched that yet, bro. Damn. That was a movie where she had emotions. She could process things yeah. just like a human could. And the, she had an actual face. And she had an actual face where you could actually like, damn. The the dude who was getting interviewed or who was interviewing the robot, he started to feel for. It. He started to feel it. Cause he was thinking the robot was having emotions toward him. Then he ended up getting duped at the end. And like, this is how we could begin. Like they're having emotions, their brain, it can process the same way humans can. They're starting to get closer and closer to like actually being humans themselves, bro. So we just get to that point and it's getting scary, bro. Very, very soon. Facts. All right, man. Now we got to talk about a B. 
here we go again. <laughs> Something else. Uh, uh, Antonio Brown was recently outed for exposing himself sexually. I believe he was in Dubai when this happened. He was in some type of pool in whatever hotel or whatever he was staying in overseas. And I wanted to talk about this because Shannon Sharp made a great point of I don't think people in AB's circle are really there to help him. I think he may be surrounded by a bunch of yes men. Same thing we could say about Kanye. I don't know how many people in Kanye's circle are really <laughs> giving him opposing opinions. And if they are, he probably kicks them out of the circle. But, um, <laughs> Facts. but AB, I think it's a lot of black people who just give AB a pass over and over, or we just laugh at shit that he does. Because on Monday, bro, not Monday, but on Sunday, right before the Bucks and Chiefs game, you post a picture with Tom Brady's wife? Now that like, was trifling, bro. That was trifling. Like, what? Like, literally right before the game, and you, everyone knows the, the issues that him and Giselle have right now. They're literally about to get divorced. Like, you do this to the man who literally was your saving grace on getting back into the league two times and got you a Super Bowl out of it too. So you doing creep shit like that on top of the shit that you were known for doing over the last two to three years and now you out sexually harassing people in Dubai? Like, I don't know if AB got people in his circle that are just yes men or if he's just completely, like, off the grid when it comes to how he thinks before he acts. But we got to stop giving AB passes the same way we got to stop giving Kanye passes. That's I I completely agree. That's exactly the same point I was gonna make, bro. This nigga needs to be jailed, bro. Nigga having his dick out like the public nudity. You need to be jailed for that shit. And he was sexually assaulting a girl in the pool. She didn't even want to be uh, around him, but she was he was she was or he was lifting her up, uh, throwing her in the pool. I don't know, bro. I didn't like that shit at all by AB. Once again, this is some shit like Edgar said that we laughed off. He got his own dance, so that nigga think he popping now. But the nigga got to be checked, bro. Somebody actually has to have a real conversation with AB. I know he's surrounded by a lot of celebrities, bro. But somebody has to actually have a real conversation of like, bro, what, what are you doing with your life right now? Like, What are you trying to do? Because you know this music shit not going to work out. You're not going back to the NFL. You got one. You don't even have a good song. You just got a dance that niggas are just making fun of while doing it. So what are, what is, what's after that? What do you go from after this, AB? That's a real question that you have to have yeah. your, with yourself, bro. Are you going to continue on this trajectory where you're going to end up in jail doing this stupid shit? Or are you going to actually turn your life around and like wise up on like what you're doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, because this is going to lead you nowhere if you continue to do this. Because if he was in Dubai, like people were saying, or overseas in one of them Arab countries, anywhere over there, like you're going to face time for that. Like them Arab people do not play that shit. Like I don't even think you can wear certain things or do certain things that you do over here in America. So even if you got money, like if you ain't connected with the right people and shit like that, if you ain't connected to one of them Emiratis, like them royal family members to where you can get away with just doing shit, you got to be real careful when you overseas in certain countries like that. So the fact that you got you got out of that situation without facing any legal trouble over there, that's a blessing already. But mm -hmm. I, I don't know, bro. He's <laughs> another person that we just, we got to stop laughing shit off. Like we got to stop like patting him on the back saying AB a real ass nigga like no no you're not like no you're you're really being a clown right now like the shit that you're doing is not okay and we're not saying any of this like to just go at AB or just be the people with negative opinions 
Like it's because we we respect AB as a, a football Hall of Famer. Like we respect him as one of the best wide receivers to ever play because we want to also respect the person. Like, and that's just wild as hell to see that you're acting like this after getting multiple opportunities in the league, fumbling those bags multiple times. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, crazy. what to say about AB at this About point. the AB situation, because everybody makes the jokes about him and having CTE, and maybe he does have CTE, but I think it's a situation where he doesn't have CTE. Like, this was the nigga that he always was, bro. Like, AB just got money, and his, this is the type of trajectory like he was meant for. Like, he got money, and then he just started acting a complete asshole. Because this isn't the first time he sexually assaulted a woman. I remember he ended up, uh, didn't he beat his ex-wife ass or some story that came out that got ended up getting swept under the radar before he ended up uh, going to Oakland? It was so many situations that people swept under the rug because he was doing good at football that people were trying to ignore the signs. Now we see him after football and everything that he's doing is popping up in the news where it was like, A.B.'s been this type of dude, bro. It's, this ain't got nothing to do with CTE. This nigga just a straight-up asshole in general, bro. This ain't got shit to do with CTE. So it's like the, the jokes about that shit have to hockey down. We got to like hold this nigga responsible for like what he's actually doing instead of just saying like, oh, no, this shit is a joke. Ah, oh, CTE, da, 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 da. Like we got to see what he's doing and like really hold this nigga accountable for what he's doing. Bro. Yeah. So, yeah, that shit ridiculous. All right, bro. What else you got for entertainment and current events? Uh, did I have anything else? Uh, the new Black Panther trailer um dropped and we actually got a full look at the new suit. It looked like Shuri is going to be... Well, I ain't going to say it's Shuri because Marvel does a great job at fooling us. Everybody <laughs> thinks it's going to be Shuri in the yeah. suit because you can tell it's a woman's suit now. But I don't know. I'll still leave it up in the air on who could really be behind the mask. Yeah. And we got a full body look at Namor. We got to see dude flying in the air with his winged feet, like hopping off of laser beams and shit. Like, it, this shit finna be fire. So I, I love the second trailer. I hope they don't release anything else. I was surprised they actually released another trailer. That's what I'm saying. They were just going to do one. They low-key ain't even need to drop that second one. We They didn't need to show us the suit at all, honestly. That claw in the first one, that was perfect, bro. That was all we needed. All we needed to know was that the suit is coming back. That's what I kept saying, bro. I told you before that we didn't even need a trailer for this shit. You just tell us that Black Panther 2 is coming out, and we would have showed up regardless, bro, just to see what that shit would have had in store. You give us the first trailer, it's cool. It's like, okay, you don't show us too much. We still trying to figure out what the plot is. But then it's like, God damn, you just give us everything once again with this second trailer. Yeah, you still going to have some big plot twist at the end. I'm hearing that Namor isn't going to be like the real villain of this shit like the government is so it's like y'all just showed us so much shit with the second trailer that wasn't necessary y'all had we gotta look at the ironheart suit too we gotta look at um, on once again too much why couldn't you save that for the movie especially when her, her her show not coming out until afterwards anyway you put her in the trailer we don't even know who that is or a lot of people don't even know who that is so I was like, bro, Marvel just be doing too much sometimes where it's like, I understand that you want people to show up, but too much promotion is a thing, I think. Especially with somebody like Marvel. And they just did too much, bro. Too, too much. But I think it's going to be good, though. It's going to be good. And uh, moving forward, I got one more. Uh, the Billionaire Beast. Shout out for, to Mr. Beast for becoming the first billionaire in YouTube history. It was a report that came out recently that said that uh, he was offered a billion dollars 
for his YouTube and all of the businesses that he has, which is the Mr. Beast Burger restaurants that he has worldwide and his Feastables chocolate uh chocolate uh line. And he, I think he has another business. Well, I think he has four things in total. But he ended up turning down a billion dollars. Like, just think about how crazy that is for somebody to turn down a billion. Like, you walk up to your moms and say, like, moms, I turned down a billion. I ain't even want that bill today, mom. I ain't even want that. Like, this nigga really and turned down crazy. a billion dollars, bro. Because maybe Cause he, he knows how much it's worth. I'm about to say, he, he probably did it because he knows how much it's worth. And maybe he still wants to keep his cultural impact intact and not sell it. But mm. I don't know. I feel like I feel like everyone knows who Mr. Beast is. For nobody sure. will forget who you are, and nobody will forget your cultural impact. Same thing with um people who've been selling their music recently. Justin Timberlake, Future, like y'all are still the artists that y'all are. It's just y'all sold it for what you felt was adequate for you at the time that you're living, and you felt like you can make the best of it. I feel like Mr. Beast could have did the same, but apparently somebody in his circle told him, nah. No, he's worth more for sure. When I seen a billion, it's funny because, uh, shout out to Colin and Samir. I watched their YouTube channel. They made a video, like, months ago talking about how Mr. Beast was already close to a billion dollars. Like, his net worth. He just put so much money into his YouTube videos because everything that he does is, like, so extravagant. He puts, like, millions of dollars worth of uh, the money into his videos that he probably doesn't have a billion in his bank account, but he is worth a billion dollars already. So when they offer him a billion, it's like, I'm already worth that. And the, uh, and the, like the businesses that he already has with the Mr. Beast burger and with, um, the feastables I heard that's doing really well. It's like, I'm already worth a billion. I'm not going to sell my shit and then just, just stop at and just stop at a billion. Like I can continue to be like two. Three billion dollars worth of uh do by the time he's actually done with making videos, you know what I'm saying? So I think it was smart with Mr. Beast turning that shit down. It just looks crazy, but I think it was smart with him turning it down though. But uh hey, like we Mr. said, Beast. we don't know how this money works a lot of times. We be yeah. thinking that should be worth one thing when it's like, nah, it's really just worth that. So exactly because <laughs> the dude has a hundred million subscribers, bro. Like he's the That's first person. Wild. No, I think he's the first or second person. I think Pootie Pie had uh, over a hundred, I think. I think Pootie Pie over mm. had over 100, but I think he's like second or third who, to have over 100 million subscribers, bro. So if you slap his face on anything, it's going to get it's going to get purchases. People are going to go to the restaurant. Like I heard a millionaire had paid him $250,000 to just to, speak to yep. his kid, to just speak to him on his birthday. Like that's crazy. So if I'm making that type of bread, why would I get that up? <laughs> 250k just to talk to a little nigga for 10 minutes? Come on, bro. I'm gonna that's that that's like how rappers be saying mm-hmm. I got 200 dollars I got 200 bands for a walkthrough. Like <laughs> and that's crazy. Like he's like a regular nigga, ain't rapping or nothing, just making videos for real. Like yeah. that shit is nuts, bro. Definitely nuts. All right, and moving to past the ox, bro. What you got for song of the week? I've been on Buster Rhymes heavy, bro. I got that put your hands where my eyes can see. A classic, bro. Busta Rhymes, Flowers. Shout out to the 85 South Show. They interviewed Busta Rhymes like two years ago now. Yeah, it was about, I think it was about like 2019, 2020. And they definitely gave him his flowers. But a lot of young people that don't know like the impact that him and Missy Elliott both had when it came to music videos and just the, the presentation that they had with the lyricism. Busta Rhymes is a legend for real, bro. So put your hands on my eyes can see Busta Rhymes. 
All right. And I've been funking that Freddie Gibbs. He dropped a new album on my birthday, September 30th or so. I've been funking that all week. So, uh, damn. I'm going to go with CIA. I'm going to go with CIA. Stands for Crack Instagram mm. and AIDS because he said that's what the CIA gave us. They gave us all three of them shits. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> <'cause he> said, <laughs> that shit's so funny. Just listen to the song. He explains it right there. That shit <laughs> all right. And moving on to movie and show reviews. We got what we got coming up. Uh, for so for She-Hulk, I don't know. Are we gonna just wait it out to episode nine? Because I know episode eight comes out this week. Yeah, we're so gonna do we episode gonna eight, to... seven, and eight probably, and then nine this last one. Okay, so yeah, we got episode seven and eight review coming uh next week because mm-hmm. episode eight drops this week. And uh, raising Canaan, uh, the season's almost up. Uh, what else? What else? I just saw Smile. Uh, we we can give smile. a review on that. So, uh, yeah, we can do a review on that. Uh, I saw The Woman King. I don't know if you saw The Woman King yet. <laughs> I haven't seen that. You, you should go see that for sure. Uh, I got to see Don't Worry, Darling, and The Barbarian. Once I watch those, I'm caught up as far as, like, going to the movies. But mm-hmm. um, we could do all of those. And y'all know we got Prey coming. We, we still got to do Avatar. So, don't worry. We got a lot of movies coming out that we actually yeah. watching all these shit. Facts, facts, facts. All right, bro. We definitely appreciate everybody for listening. And we out. Peace.